Anthony, do you believe David. in birthday miracles? Birthday miracles? Birthday miracles, Anthony. I believe in Christmas. Do you believe in birthday miracles? I just said I believe in Christmas. Of course I do. Okay, no, that wasn't a joke. Like, you legitimately believe in Christmas and Santa and elves and stuff? Uh, well, less the Santa and elves and more of the miracle of Christmas. Are you talking about Jesus? Yes. Well, I do believe in Jesus, but I'm talking about Christmas. Stop getting me off task. Happy Bir birthday! Yeah, it's my birthday today. Um, also, uh, the man who sired me, it's his birthday as well. Uh, <laughs> he told me... The worst way to say my dad. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. When I was a little kid, I'd walk. I'd call him father a lot. Yeah. So people were like, dude, just call him dad. That sounds weird. Father, father. Anyway, so my dad, if I want to say it like a commoner like you, so my dad uh, told me today that I was the best birthday present he ever got. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and I was like, well, you kind of have to say that. He can't be like, but there was that one watch I got that was super nice. He can't say that. Like, I have to be the best birthday present ever. What do you think it really is his favorite birthday present? I don't even know. Definitely not anything I've ever given him. Because, like, I, I feel bad, but, like, it's my birthday, so, like, I don't think about going and getting gifts for other people, especially when I was a kid. Yeah. Because it's my birthday, right? So, anyway, I believe in Christmas or birthday miracles, okay? Birthday miracles can happen. On my way to work today, as I was pulling into work... Kids were filing out of the building. There was just kids all over the place. And I was like, that's kind of weird. They that's were not... leaving school? They were leaving the school. They were, they were accompanied this by like teachers. This is like 7 a.m.? About 8 o'clock. Okay. A little before 8 o'clock. And I'm like, that's weird. I pull in, and as I get closer to the school, I hear fire alarms going off. Ah. And I was like, that's a weird time to have a fire drill. Like, <laughs> before classes even start, right? And so I, I gather with a, a bunch of other teachers talking about the situation. And apparently the principal had gone on the PA system and said, this is not a drill. Teachers, get your students out. Oh. So I was like, am I going to get the day off on my birthday? <laughs> like, I'm starting to get excited. Yeah. Fire truck pulls in. I'm like, this is legit. Another fire truck pulls in. I was like, it's getting serious. An ambulance comes in. I was like, oh, no, is someone hurt? Oh. And so all these thoughts are going through my head. And... Was it like the reptile cage? Did all the snakes asphyxiate? Asphyxiate? Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. This is your story. My birthday. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we, uh, this goes on for a while. And then I, the, the birthday miracle started dying in my heart when a fire truck pulls up and a guy gets out of the fire truck and walks very nonchalantly. <laughs> over to a thing in the fire truck and he slowly opens a door and starts like slowly taking off his shoes and slowly pulling on his fireman boots and like slowly putting on his and I'm like oh he's not in a hurry at all mm. the people in the ambulance didn't get out which I which I'm thankful for sure and so what happened I guess for as far as I can tell is an air conditioning unit on the roof somewhere like started overheating or started smoking a little bit and so someone saw a little smoke in the air duct and uh, smelt burning plastic and pulled the fire alarm. So it was a good thing they did that because you don't want something like that to turn into something bigger. Sure. But I was thinking like birthday miracle, like no school on my birthday, like that would have been awesome. But you know, I, I went, to, I went to, I went to work and I, I did work stuff. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad no one was hurt at your school. I'm sorry you did not get the day off. Yeah. That uh, you, you snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. It's my, it's my mo. <laughs> yeah. Much like Auburn. We'll get to that. Save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. This is Subjectively Correct, the one and only sports and other stuff podcast show, talk session that is on the internet. It's on your phone. You might be listening to it on a computer as well. If you're 90. Um, <laughs> sorry. We also, uh, if you if you go to our website and sign up to our mailing list, you can get the uh, printed transcript of the show <laughs> if you would like to dissect it every week and share it with your friends. There is an option for Morse code if you'd like to receive it that way. We, we also publish by Bat Signal. So, welcome to the show. You can check out our website, www.subjectivelycorrect.com. Uh, Twitter, at Subcorrect. My personal Twitter is at AG Montague. David's is at DPHenderson1515. And email the show at subjectivelycorrect at gmail.com. I think I got through all the business. I keep it 100, and I get through the business. So, David, happy birthday. Thank you. 
Uh, Thanks for remembering. Yeah, how does it feel to be 29 again? Wait, how old are you? I'm 31. Whoa! I know. <laughs> it's, it's exactly like being 29. And that's all I'm going to say. It's exactly the same. Like, yeah. I think once you turn, at least for me, once I turn 21, it's like every birthday is just another day on the calendar where I feel like people try to be extra nice to me for no reason, which I appreciate. Yeah. I. Who really keeps track of your birthday, like at work and stuff? Like there may be like a secretary or someone who keeps track of everything. I don't know. But I, think, I, I feel like I could probably get away with maybe three times a year saying, oh, yeah, next Friday is my birthday. Ooh. And just to, just to see. Like, because, like, you know, space it out. Give it at least four or five months in between each one. For people to save up some more money to buy you a present. That's Or smart. just, like, say, you know, I'm taking off early because it's my birthday. Right, <laughs> right. Know? Well, I feel like you could get away with that. I feel like I would get caught right away. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe a different situation. I don't know what that is about, about me. Not just because of my job, but just because of who I am. I don't know oh. what it is. I don't get away with stuff like that. Because people don't see you as an honest person? I don't think that's it. Oh. I just... I don't know. I think people just see through me right away when I'm trying to be deceitful. Mmm. Yeah. I uh, I honed in that that skill early on of being able to tell little little fibs here and there. Yeah, and I don't know... It's a survival skill we had to learn on the streets. The streets of what? Of uh, West Covina, suburb of uh, L.A. <laughs> you don't want to mess around in West Covina. Uh, and then later, uh, Mesquite, Nevada, where you're from as well. So, Yeah, the hard... We lived a hard life in Mesquite, Nevada, back when there were 1,500 people there. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how many people... Like, when I was born, there were literally 1,500 hey, people in the If you city. didn't want everyone to know your business, you had to uh, embellish or obfuscate. Tell, tell little lies? Yes, do that. Uh, so, so, again, happy birthday. Uh, what... What is your favorite birthday present of all time? Honestly, I, I feel terrible, but I don't remember what would be my favorite birthday present. Uh, last year, you... I mean, think about years like 7 to 12. I feel like those are like I prime don't... time years of present giving and receiving. The only birthday present I remember during that time, and I have a weird memory, where like events from my past when I was a kid are hard for me to recall when I'm trying to, mm. like someone will mention to me, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that, but someone has to like get it started, almost like a jump start. Okay. Like my long term memory is like a car battery that's dead that needs a jump start. But once I get that jump start, I'll be fine. The alternator works just fine in my head, okay. but I do need a jump start. Okay. But I do remember around that time, my dad and I had the same birthday, and uh, my favorite athlete was Steve Young, and so my mom bought an autographed Steve Young poster. That had that was in a frame that I still have actually that had his stats from the ninety four ninety five season when he was the uh, regular season yeah, and Super M- Bowl MVP MVP year. So that was really cool. That's cool. And so I still have that. It's in my room. Cool. Where I keep my things. Uh, I had I had lots of uh, really good birthdays. I also had one super bad birthday when I was sixteen. Usually sixteen. I think it was sixteen. Yeah, it was so sixteen. Would you call it a bitter sweet sixteen? So usually... It's my birthday. You can't sigh like that. It's my birthday. You can't sigh that way on my birthday. Usually, uh, you know, you get home from school or whatever, and people are like, hey, happy birthday. And, like, you have, like, you get to eat what you want that day. Like, what do you want for dinner? Uh, What kind of cake do you want? You know, some might ask you, what do you want for your birthday? Or do you want to open your present? And uh, I got home from school, and, you know... Waited a little bit, and uh, none of those things were happening. And uh, <laughs> and and the mail came. This is like at four in the afternoon, and there was a, a birthday card <gasps> from my grandma. Yeah. And so I get, I see it, and I'm like, oh sweet, and I start opening it, and my mom and dad say, hey, why don't you wait for your birthday? On my birthday. <laughs> and so I look at them. Trying to see if they're joking, right? I wouldn't... Yeah, it's something they could do. Come on, Ed. Um, but no. I chose your dad because Ed is a much better name to be mad at. There was yeah, there was no twinkle in their eye. They were... Uh, they had forgotten that that day was my birthday. And, uh, and when I said, oh, but today is my birthday, both mouths dropped. My... <laughs> and, uh, and I said, so uh, I guess I... Uh, I don't have a birthday cake or any kind of special meal. 
And uh, so they quickly tried to arrange those things, but the damage was done. Yep, obviously. And, okay, in their defense, my birthday present that year, I, uh, I don't even remember what it was, but I do remember, like, it was an early birthday. It was one of those situations where it was, like, midsummer. My birthday's in December. And I was like, I want that for my birthday. And they're like, well, you just want it now? And so I got whatever it was. It was something I got like months in advance, right? So they knew they didn't have to get me a birthday present. Was it like a limited edition Stretch Armstrong? I don't want to talk about what it was. But... Uh, you remember what it was? <laughs> no, not, not clearly. But I do, do. I, do, I do know you that do it, know. it came very early. And so they weren't... It wasn't on their mind like we uh-huh. had to get... Anyways. So I've, I've felt the... Uh, you know, I'm a middle child, David. Not only am I a middle child... I'm the second boy, right? I feel like you have to throw that in there because you know I'm, I'm going to throw in a... I'm the yeah. middle child too, I'm like, but I'm the first son. So you're always like, yeah. no, but wait, Dave, I got it worse than you, which I've is got, a total middle child thing to do. I've got super middle child syndrome because <laughs> here, here's what I've got going on. Okay, my brother is... I'm one of three. I've got my brother. Mm-hmm. He's like two years older than me. Yeah. Okay, so I was born sure. and I was the second boy. So I wasn't a novelty in that respect, but I was the youngest. <laughs> we have one with these parts. Yeah, exactly. We have this model already. Um, and I was, I, but I was the baby for like eight years. So I got to like, I got to be used to that. All right. So all you're complaining about being no, the no, second no. boy, but you were the baby for eight years. I just want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying yeah, clearly. Because I got used to that lifestyle. Sure. Okay. And then my sister was born and now no longer was I the baby. Mm-mm. We had a new baby, but yeah. we also had a girl yeah. and she got hundred percent hunted percent of the attention and so i went from ah well i guess you're the baby so <laughs> to we got two of you and you're not the first one and we only got one of her and uh, i got like completely shut out from eight years old on um apparently at least until 16 17 what happened 17 i think i got a birthday present you did maybe i don't know good job sure, darlene i sure i did way to totally redeem yourselves um, I don't want to say that my parents weren't there for me. It's just that they were not. I'm just well, kidding. I'm kidding. No, well, my, parents were, my parents are awesome. I don't know. Like, when they were visiting, I asked them if they'd listened to the latest episode of Subjectively Correct Sports that their son they're, is a host of, and they said no. So I don't they're, know. They're only 15 to 45 behind. Episodes? Yeah. Hmm. That would be like all of them. Well, I, I'm almost positive they've listened to uh, part of an episode. So this has been super fun, turning my birthday episode into talk about you. Yeah. That's been cool. <laughs> so you wanted to talk about some baseball stuff. Why don't you just keep rolling on and talk about that too? Sure. Okay. How about my, my birthday present to you, David, is I'm going to let you decide what we talk about today. <laughs> oh, really? And if you want to ever stop me, you just you just give me the nudge, give me a wink, or just say it into the microphone, Anthony, I would like a, a turn. Birthday card. So I talk- And so anytime that you're ready to... You know, have it be the David show. You just you just indicate it um, verbally. You know, just or 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 visually. However, you want to indicate that to me. You tell me, okay? This is how feels, I'm huh? ready. This is how I'm, it feels because I'm ready to just is your play birth- second fiddle. Is your birthday gift to me a little introspection, like a little uh, a little taste of my own medicine? Uh, no, I David. I'm being sincere. Whenever you're ready to, to to take center stage, I want you to have that, okay? 31 years ago. Yeah, but, okay. So, baseball. Okay. Uh, do you, could, could we talk about the Dodgers for a little bit? Can we talk about something else first? I mean, I got to test this whole birthday show theory thing. All right, I'll... Okay. I'll, I'll, okay, but real quick, Cody Bellinger and uh, a player of the week. So Okay, go ahead, David. It's all you. So what week are we in? Uh, two. So my wife is awesome. She is smart with sports and stuff. I used to believe this. Okay. And uh, what she said was awesome. I mentioned that you had been sending a lot of Dodger stuff about the Dodgers playing really well and how many home runs they were hitting and stuff like that. She looked at the text you sent and immediately said, well, do it in the playoffs. And I have never loved her more. See, if, if all you care about is postseason production then uh, why are you a LeBron James fan? You should be a Michael Jordan fan. I mean, he got it done in the postseason. I don't want to drag the show into the mud with proving that LeBron James has a really great track record in the playoffs and that he was playing with sludge for many of those playoff runs. And 
He every opponent that he faced, his his worst opponent had a better net efficiency rating than the best finals opponent that Michael Jordan played. Okay? So the worst teams that LeBron James played yeah. were better than the best teams that Michael Jordan played in the finals. So whatever. League has changed. Uh there's this dude in baseball yeah. named Chris Davis. Heard of him. He makes a lot of money. He was, for a time, considered one of the best power hitters in baseball. And he is O for his last 40. 44. Oh, he missed four. Oh, and counting. Yes. So what are we doing here? Because it's yeah. like a player that goes O for 44. Is that a record now? Is that no. an O for record? Okay, so the, the current record is held by Eugenio Vélez. All right, Eugenio. Okay. Who went over forty six over on, the course two more over the course of a year? Like it took him a calendar year to do it because he was sent up and down for the minors. He did it primarily in the Giants and Dodgers organizations. So this was in two different organizations between stints in the minors. Yeah, two thousand ten to two thousand eleven. In two thousand eleven, he had thirty seven at bats with the Dodgers and went over thirty seven. Oh boy, and the. That was his last major league at bat. So he, it, the streak could have continued, but yeah. he had no more opportunities. Hey, he made it to the majors, man. Yeah, he, he made, made it to the majors. Made it further than I did. Much better baseball player than most of human existence. Yes. He just his career ended poorly. Yes. And, and uh, but Chris Davis is headed that way, man. I mean, and he used to be good. I mean, he used to be considered really good. I don't know if pitchers just figured him out. I don't know if he. Well, there's something wrong with his mechanics or what, but he is—he can't hit the broadside of a barn. Maybe literally at this point. He is—he is one of the reasons players are not get, going to be getting these monster contracts based on one or two years of production. Right? He's 33 years old. He's in the very beginning, 10 games in, to his fourth year of a seven-year contract that pays him 23 million dollars a year. Hmm. Seven-year, 161 million dollars. He's got. Essentially four years left on that deal. He's 33. He hasn't hit above... What? What is it? I think he, the last time he hit above 250 was like in 2015. Yuck, dude. Maybe tw- maybe maybe 260. But it, it's, been, it's been bad. Ever since he signed this extension, it's not been good. Well, the Baltimore fans booed him opening yeah. day at Camden Yards. They booed him after I think his second or third strikeout or something like that of the day. And, I mean, I don't think anyone ever deserves to get booed like that from their home crowd. Like, people need to understand, like, dude's probably trying. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't boo well, a guy for and, trying. And the Orioles are in a horrible situation because when you pay someone that much money and in baseball, contracts are guaranteed, they can't do anything about that salary now. When you pay someone that much money, you, you really have to play them. Right, because yeah. if you don't, that means that you're you're, you're paying twenty three million dollars a year to a minor league player. That's right. If you send him down to the minors, that means you bring someone up, right? And it's just it's really really unfortunate for the Orioles. And I wouldn't say it's unfortunate for Chris Davis, but he's making twenty three million dollars a year. But I'm sure he didn't get to this point in his life because he was okay with being bad, right? Right. Like he, I'm sure, wants to be the best player in baseball, and for whatever reason, he is not seeing the ball. He's striking out. He's he's getting some contact, but he's not he's not finding the holes. Like I mean, I didn't play baseball f- like for super long. I played I played a lot growing up and, you know, there were slumps here and there, but like I never it was never like months, you know? Like his his hitless streak goes back to September. It was like last, September yeah, last September. Yeah, yep. like September 14th or something. That was the last time he got a hit. And uh it's been seven months since his last major league hit. <laughs> yeah, and so he, uh, I think they play tonight. Uh, they either play tonight or tomorrow. And uh, assuming this, uh, he plays, if he doesn't get a hit in his first two at bats, he will tie the record for futility and going over forty six, the most at bats without a hit. And if he goes over three, then he sets the new mark, which would just be incredible. In comparison, Eugenio Velez, who has the Current record made about two million dollars in his professional career for his whole career. Yeah, which is twenty one. Chris million Davis is going to make that this month or more, maybe the, in a couple weeks. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, I hope for him and for the Orioles' sake that he figures it out. This is a horrible. Like, we don't like, no one takes joy in, like, seeing other people really struggle. Well, at least I don't. I mean, maybe if you're a Yankee fan or something, you, you haven't beat up on the Orioles enough, you take pleasure in, in Chris Davis not hitting. Segway, someone else who kind of found some joy in someone else's pain this week hmm. was uh, An- uh, Antonio Brown. Oh, I hit a little speed bump and uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah. But Antonio Brown, uh, someone mentioned to him on Twitter that Juju Smith-Schuster, who has one of the funnest names to say in sports. Real quick, uh, Antonio Brown goes by AB, right? Sure. That's like his nickname. I was thinking, um, like, the, 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 the headline for this segment is something mm-hmm. I was really proud of. If AB and Juju be cray-cray. Okay, David, keep going. Thanks. Yeah. I should have given you some more room to say that because it is good. Yeah, it's a good headline. Well, you should be a headline writer. You know, I wonder if they have those like guys that don't write the actual articles that appear in like the newspapers or online news outlets and stuff. It's just write the headline that's going to get the most attention because I think I could be pretty good at that. Mm. Fire kills forty million weeds. <sighs> I yeah, I, don't, I think that like that job goes to like the editors. Lame. Like you work so long and now you get to. You get to do the headlines. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. But someone mentioned to AB, because he be Cray, and Juju, the other side of it, together, is Cray. So AB and Juju be Cray Cray. Mm. So someone mentioned to him that Juju Smith-Schuster was the Steelers' team MVP. And then AB said something about him fumbling the season away because of the Week 17, 16 or 17, I don't remember, fumble that lost the game for the Steelers and lost their chance of making it to the playoffs for the first time in a long time, maybe in Ben Roethlisberger's tenure there. And that's just unmitigated shade. Well, and the thing was, like, it wasn't like Juju was saying, like, oh, I'm glad he's off the team. I, yeah, I, not, I can not finally shine. There's not been a peep out of Juju. Only only to say that he was happy for him. Yeah. Like, he had been complimentary of, of Antonio Brown, happy for him. And, uh, and Antonio Brown starts throwing shade at Juju. And so Juju, he didn't respond directly to Antonio Brown, but more generally saying, like, you know, why is he doing this? I've been nothing but, like, showing him love. Like, you know, ego must be really big. You know, and, and Antonio Brown, in response, on Instagram, posted, like, a, a, a picture of a text from, from Juju from when he was a player at USC. Mm. Basically, to, to Antonio Brown saying, hey, I really look up to you on and off the field. You're great. You're awesome. Like, do you have any tips to help me, like, maximize my talent? Be the b-. And then, and he captions it with, like, a mic drop. Like, how does that, how does that help Antonio Brown in whatever he's trying to do? First of all, what is Antonio Brown trying to do? Like, how does disparaging your former teammate, who's A, really good, yep. and B, Super nice and complimentary to you. Ever since he was in college, apparently. <laughs> How does that help you look any better? And why? what are you trying to do? That's the thing. So basically his defense for like in your face, Juju Smith-Schuster, was to make the public perception of Juju look even better. Like, look how nice and complimentary and polite he was as a college kid. Like, yeah. oh, mic drop, he was kind and respectful. Okay. So I think this, remember the conversation we had a while ago with the, uh, the tweets that baseball players were sending out. And, of course, yeah. we've forgotten about those. But he uh, – I mean, we've completely forgotten. Yeah. Like, most of our audience probably can't name the players that were involved in that Twitter scandal that was taken. Hater. Yeah, and, and Trey Turner, right? But anyway, uh, where are the agents? Like, where yeah. is Antonio Brown's agent? Like, he, he might have that agent that's like, all publicity is good publicity. Like, even if we're burning the barn down, at least people will come and watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like – because well, I mean Antonio Brown for is, has been at least super marketable. He was on Dancing with the Stars and like was embraced on that show. He was on The Masked Singer. Yeah, and so like everything you're doing just makes you look like some petty guy. And again, I go back to like what is the end game? What's the goal here? Like even if Juju Smith Schuster was like was was throwing shade at you, was 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 dissing you, like. Why? Why get tangled up in it? Like I, I don't. You're if you're Antonio Brown and you think you are the best receiver in the game. Like why do you even pay attention to haters? And this guy's not a hater. This guy's a fan of you. He's a former teammate. 
Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. It almost feels like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He colored his hair recently. That was, like, his mustache. He's going through like a, a mid-career crisis or something. I don't know what's going on, but all I know is I think he might be the perfect Raider. Like, think about yeah. it. Like, think about yeah. Raider fans. If I was a Raider fan, and I, I, mean, I got to get myself in that mindset, it's like, okay, I'm white, but I have tribal tattoos. I don't have a Harley, but I have a leather vest on. I'm yelling things I don't quite understand at people that aren't paying attention to me, but I'm yelling louder and louder. Yes. Okay, I'm there. I love Antonio Brown. I love that he's just ready to take out everybody. I love that he's, like, doing really stupid things, but, like, owning it and stuff like that. I love having Antonio Brown as a Raider, and he's going to play against the Steelers, and he's going to rub it in Juju Smith-Schuster's face, and it's going to be awesome. And he's almost going to catch those interceptions that... Uh, what's his face throws? What's his name now? Carr. Carr. Is it Derek? Or is it David? David's David? the brother. Derek's Derek the brother? Mm-hmm. This is de- no, no. Derek is now. Younger Carr. Yeah, yeah. The younger one. The younger Carr brother. Yeah. Anyways. Carr and Carr. He had a good season like two and a half years ago. And now he's getting paid. Yeah. Tell you what, man. Any excuse to get my John Gruden on the pod, man. Wow. Uh, Alright, so you earlier, you were talking about uh, this is a long segment. Let's keep it rolling. Keep I think rolling. we're just going to do one segment here. Let's I mean, might as well, right? Less editing for this guy. Yeah, you were, you were talking about... Um, Short birthday edit. Or I think I had said, snatching victory from the... Sorry, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yep. And you're uh, having to work today. Yeah. Uh, a similar thing, not having to work, but losing when you thought you had won, happened to Auburn this weekend. Did you catch any of that game? Go Tigers! Uh, uh, I caught a little bit of it. I didn't watch the end. Go Tigers? Yeah, that's uh, that's Ed Orgeron, the, uh, <laughs> LSU, LSU yeah. head football coach. Okay. Of course, spelled Go, G-A-U-X. Go! All right. Go Tigers! Okay, well, I guess they're, in the, pass. they're in the SEC, so I guess that's how it's related. Well, it's also the Auburn Tigers. Okay. Hence, Go Tigers. Got it. Isn't it War Eagle? The Auburn? No, I thought they were the Tigers. Well, maybe they are, but don't they say War Eagle? Why would they say War Eagle if their thing know. is the Tigers? We, we do to, not know we enough need to about beef Auburn. up our SEC knowledge. Yeah, while you Google that, I'll recap what happened in the final. Auburn Tigers. Yeah, but look up War Eagle. What is War Eagle? Auburn War Eagle. What does that mean? War Eagle is a battle cry, yell, or motto of Auburn University and supporters of Auburn University sports team, especially the Auburn Tigers football team. What the? War Eagle is a greeting or salutation among the Auburn family. I'm sure they pass each other the hallways. They're like, War Eagle! Okay, wait a second. You can't claim two Apex Predators, all right? You, you got to either be tiger, tiger or eagle. Okay, okay, name or a tiger in this case. So <laughs> name. Oh, you can do a mythical hybrid. Well, I'll allow it. Like a griffin? Yeah, but a tiger. So a, a griffin is an eagle lion. Yeah. And a tiger is an eagle tiger. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like the tiger people and and the griffin people would be like, oh, you just stole that from us, copycats. And I don't think that's an original. Enough. Uh, copy bird cats. Sure. Copy bird cats. Yeah. Copy flying bird cats. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, go Tigles. Okay. Go Tigles. Well, it wasn't go Tigles uh, on Saturday. It was super sad. All right. You know those videos where the reaction videos, which has become a thing in the last few years where someone is filming someone else watch their team in the final seconds of a playoff game, some meaningful game. One of my favorites is the Dallas Cowboys losing. Every time or just well, recently. every specific time? No, just, yeah, I just it's great because okay. all of my students are like big Cowboys okay. fans because they grew up here and I'm like, Cowboys suck. And anytime I see someone with a Cowboys lanyard. You're offending like our listener right now. Okay. You're offending probably 80% of our audience. I don't care. Okay. If they don't listen to our podcast because I don't like the Cowboys, they're listening for the wrong reasons. So, all right. We don't want them around here if that's the reason they're listening because they think we like the Cowboys because that's just not happening. Mark, you're, you're valued. Okay. By whom? <laughs> By at least me. Okay. okay. I don't know this Mark guy. Go is, Romo. Is Mark a... I'm, a, I'm actually a Romo fan. Romo. Like, I feel like Romo got the rough end of the, the bargain there. I, I think he could come back and play. I think he could do it. He could be better than, <laughs> than Blake Bortles. For sure. For out loud. Sure. I believe that. Gosh. Uh. So, so Auburn was up, like, four with about eight seconds. Virginia hits a three. Okay. They're, Virginia's down one. Auburn gets fouled. They make one of two free throws. All right, so now we have like five and a half seconds, six and a half seconds left. 
Virginia has the ball. Down two. Winner goes to the national championship. They inbound the ball. Dude dribbling the ball. Dribbles it off his foot. Regains it. And then with about one and a half seconds, tries to heave from midcourt and misses the shot. But before he heaves it, an Auburn player fouls him. A pre-heave foul. Because they had a foul to give. Hmm. Right? If he wouldn't have fouled him, Auburn wins. Okay? But they fouled him. Ball's out of bounds with about one and a half seconds left. Virginia has one more. And why you do that is because, you know, you let you let as much clock come off, and then you foul so they have less time to run whatever play they were going to run. So right? basically they can't get some freak play where they break through the, the defense on the press or whatever and get an easy basket or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Tactically. Yeah, and you can reset your defense. And mm-hmm. Okay, so one and a half seconds left. Virginia inbounds to Kyle Guy. That some, guy. some guy named Kyle. That guy. Throw the ball into the corner. He shoots a three. Clank. Auburn wins. Except, foul. The defender, instead of going straight up to block the shot, does enough of a leap into... Into the uh, into Kyle guy that Kyle's his landing zone is impaired right there's he, a slight bump he gave him the Zaza Pachulia that's right the uh, isn't that with uh, was that with Kawhi that was a great re- that was how, a great basketball reference how Kawhi got injured mm-hmm. um, Zaza that caveman that gets paid to play basketball please no skill no game if he wasn't on that Warriors team no one would know who he was. The he bond, looks like a the Bond villain. He does look like a Bond villain. I would not be surprised if he's in this new Bond movie that's coming right, out so with Idris Elba or not. I don't know. So Kyle Guy, I'm all for that. Kyle Guy goes awesome. to the line. He has three free throws. They're down two. Makes the first two. And then Bruce Pearl, the coach of the Auburn Tigers, calls a timeout. Nice. To ice, to you know, in an attempt to ice Kyle Guy like you would ice a kicker. Okay. But... I, and I get that move, except it was Auburn's last timeout. Okay, so now if if Auburn if so, Virginia makes this free throw, Auburn is down one, inbounding the ball from the other end of the court with 0.6 seconds to go, and no timeouts, and no so timeout. Pearl was basically playing mind games when he should have been playing basketball. That's a good point. Yeah, I think that's how I would, I would describe it. And Virginia makes the free throw, and Auburn now has to inbound. Has to throw it the full length of the court, catch and shoot. Uh, they miss uh, an attempt at a three, a rushed attempt at a three, and Virginia wins the game. And the one seed goes on to face Texas Tech tonight. So by the time you're listening to this, the game will have been decided. Uh, I Texas Tech's on fire, man. I, I don't I don't know if I'd uh, bet against them right now. Right. So one of my coworkers, her son, is going to Texas Tech. And so he got really cheap tickets, right? Like $20 or something insane like that. But they had to travel and pay their way to get there and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So him and four buddies traveled to the game. They win by 10. And now they're playing in the championship game tonight. Wow. He got that for $20 or something oh insane like that, right? So he gets to sit in the student section too. So he's getting pretty good seats for like 20, 30 bucks when other people are paying hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars to get these seats. That's super cool. So I'll be thinking about my coworker and her son uh, tonight. And uh, she actually caught him on TV. He was at college game day. And Bill Walton's up there talking about how he's seeing sounds and hearing colors and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, she saw him in the background there on TV. Wow, so that was pretty cool. cool, right? Yeah. Um, I was once on ESPN Sports Center. How? What? When? A uh, home run ball landed like three people over from me. Uh huh. Yeah. And you could see it on the replay. Cool. We'll have to dig that up. I was like up. this. And then I gave up because it was, you know, I wasn't going to like reach into the lady in front of her face. Oh, so you're, not, you're not a real fan. A real fan would have elbowed the lady. Grab the ball and then giving it back to her. That's what you do. That's what you. You've seen those videos like the kid who like will catch a foul ball and he he'll hand hand it to like a girl sitting behind him, but it's like the fake foul ball. He's mm-hmm. had like one that he was holding on to just in case this situation arose. I I would I could never have done that. The only, like, I, I wouldn't have thought to do something right? like that. The only time I saw this happen was like a thirteen year old. Yeah, doing it to like a twenty five year old woman. Right. And it was like, okay, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, but going back to like the the reactions, look up some of these Auburn fan reactions. It's it's pretty intense. Uh, Because they, especially when you're like in a bar or something, a sports bar watching the game, like you 
don't can't necessarily hear what's happening, right? Because there's lots of people talking, there's other music playing, whatever, and um, and and so all you see is what's going on, and so you couldn't hear the whistle, right? right. All you saw was we miss a shot, and you see, uh, you know, the the crowd reaction, and and even <laughs> there's there's a there's videos on Twitter of there's this famous like corner or square thing at Auburn that the, the students run to after they win an important game. Oh, no. Which, like, I hadn't heard of until this year, but I, I guess it's a thing. And, uh, yeah, as soon, as soon as they think they win, you see hundreds of students rushing towards it, teeping the trees and, like, starting yeah, to party. That. And uh, all of a sudden, like, the news slowly starts to make its way through the crowd. Oh, no, we lost. Oh. We actually lost. Oh. And it goes from, like, jubilation to agony. And it's it's tough to watch, but it's it's hard to look away. So the uh, uh, yeah. the Greeks had a term for experiencing such a tragedy. Uh, My birthday, stop that. Uh, uh, so the tragedies that they would put on as plays would leave people uh, feeling good, and they described that as a cleansing sadness or a catharsis, if you will. I don't believe this is the same situation. Et tu, Brute. That was the Romans. Yeah, and Shakespeare wrote that. Yeah. Th- like a thousand years <laughs> after the Greeks. And a thousand and a half years. Shakespeare, so. the first Avon salesman. All right. Uh, back to Twitter videos. The uh, Texas... On the other side, you have the agony of Auburn. And you have the, the pure joy of... Of Texas Tech, but like, since when? And I know this happens all the time, but like, it's still so crazy to see. Why does joy, why does happiness lead to cars being flipped over? Like, why when your team wins a big game, do the city, does the city or the campus like riot? I, I don't get that mentality. And you see these videos of Texas Tech students. They're climbing light poles. They're 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 defacing private property. They're they're flipping cars that are like. Nice, good working cars, and uh, and dancing on top of them. Like, what is what is it inside of us that uh, motivates us to destroy? Now that we've we've won something, maybe it's like the inner warrior inside all of us. Like, this is you you pillage after your victory. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that a little bit, but the basketball team doesn't go out and have a raucous party. No, I, people yeah. just watching. That's like the people it's in like, the arena. It's the villagers, like, right? Yeah, the villagers are like they won a great battle. Maybe it's because. You can't be part of that, right? Like so you, gotta you, you got so much like emotion in you, or something, adrenaline pumping. You got to release it somehow. But I will never understand that. That reaction. mixed with alcohol, that's got to be it. I don't know, uh, but like you know, keep your city. You get you got to live on that campus still. You know that streetlight, that's gonna light your way home, man. I wonder if any of those students have faced any repercussions at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, police were there, and at least one person was arrested. Oh, a whole one? Yeah, I mean, definitely more could have been arrested, right? Uh, I don't know. Hey, guys, next time you win something, just, like, celebrate like a person, not like a bull. Bull? Yeah, like an Aggie. Oh, I thought you said bull. Like a bull that you would hold, like, a, food in? How does a bull celebrate? I don't know, ask, ask, uh, ask J.R. Smith. Hey, speaking of basketball, the, should we cut maybe? No, just keep it rolling. Just keep it rolling. Man. Okay, like I said, less editing for me. All right, All right let's right. do this. Let's just keep it rolling. Right. So, uh, NBA season coming to a close. We got two, three games left uh, of the regular season, which means the actual season begins uh, with the playoffs. I think the only the West is is set except for some seeding, and then the East is set except for some seeding, uh, except for the eight seed. The mm-hmm. eight seed is still open. The Pistons and the Hornets vying for that eight seed. Pistons, I think, are a game ahead. Uh, so unless they have an epic collapse, which a, an eighth seed East team could have, yes, legitimately could have, uh, they'll, you know, they'll be in. What do we think of this season, David? Well, you pointed this out earlier, and I really appreciate you pointing this out. Um, in fact, bring up that stat. Bring up yeah. that stat. So the. Detroit Pistons are the eighth seed. They're in the last spot in the East right now, and they are 20 and a half games behind the Milwaukee Bucks, who are having a phenomenal season, best record in basketball. To give you an idea of how competitive the West is, so remember that, 20 and a half games behind. In the West, the Clippers have clinched a playoff spot, and they are nine and a half games behind the Golden State Warriors. So less than half. 
And that just is a really good illustration of how competitive the West is and how relatively uncompetitive the East is. In fact, there might be two or three teams that can really compete in the in the Western Conference that are in the East. But I think if the Bucks had to play a Western Conference schedule, there's no way they get 60 wins. They maybe get 50. Maybe. More like a 45-win team in the West. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, you know, the one thing that they do, one stat that, that seems to have some predictability uh, or, or some indication of how good your team actually is, is point differential. Yeah. Because it shows, it doesn't show just how that you're winning against bad teams. It shows by how much, right? And they have a point differential of 9.1, plus 9.1. So on average, they're beating teams by 9.1 points. And the closest in the entire league are the Warriors at 6.7. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's the Raptors at 5.9. And then everyone else is in the fours and below. Uh, except the Jazz are at 5.3. The Jazz are an interesting team. I think they lose to like bad teams sometimes, but then they like play the good teams really well. Yeah. They'll be an interesting uh, case in the playoffs. Um, and a, a really winnable matchup right now if it holds against the, the Blazers, who the Blazers are kind of like... Uh, what's a good comparison? They're kind of like the Raptors, almost. The Raptors West, where... You know, they seem to do really well in the regular season. They get to playoffs and lose in like the first or second round always. Yeah. Right? yeah. What did you see the uh, the video of Bradley Bill walking off the court? I don't think so. Yeah, okay. So you remember the the Kevin Dol- is it Kevin Dolan, the owner of the Knicks? Yeah, Kevin no- Dolan. Yeah. Dolan. Yeah. He's walking off no, the Dolan? court. Dolan. Kevin, I'm pretty Kevin? sure it's Dolan. Kevin Nolan's the movie guy. Is it Kevin? Mike. Mike Dolan? There's a Dolan who Mr. Owns the Dolan. Knicks. Dolan who hey, owns Mr. The Knicks. Dolan. <laughs> Hey, we we need some basketball over here, Dolan. More, please. <laughs> well, you rolling in your Dolan, Mister Dolan. Give it to the players and get us some good product to watch. And I drink my water and my coffee, Mister Dolan. Hey, what's up with Charles Oakley? I mean, like, invite him back to the arena, all right? Where did that that construction worker come from? <laughs> wow. Okay. Right. So, uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. What? Uh, Dolan. Mr. Dolan is walking off the court after a Nick game, and someone tells him about how he sucks and how oh how he should sell the team. He's like, really, really, I should sell the team? You you want I should sell the team? Is basically what he said. Then he was like, tell you what, have fun watching the Knicks at home. Yeah, out of here. And so he points to a guy, one of his workers, like one of his his. Hangers on, I don't know. Consigliere. Yeah, he, sure. And he, he's like, that guy, and just walks away. And that guy has to be like, okay, go get Kevin for this guy. And apparently Kevin's the fixer that has to go tell that guy he can never come back to a Nick game, right? Yeah. So Bradley Beal is walking off the court. Okay. He's a trailblazer, right? Bill is on the Wizards. Bill? Bill? Bradley Beal? Yeah, I said Wizards. You said trailblazers? You said Blazers. Weird. Okay, so Bradley Beal's walking off the what? court. And it's my birthday. So Bradley Bill goes walking off the court, right? And someone yells at him, hey, Bill, you suck. He stops and looks at him, huh? Because you suck. And he goes, I suck? <laughs> and I like, turns out the other side, I was like, what are you talking about, dude? And it was just the best. Because he was just like, where Dolan like took this guy super seriously and like, kicks him out of the arena for yeah, life because yeah. it's my arena. Bradley Bill looks at him like, really? Me? <laughs> All right, and just walks away. Okay. So that was the perfect 2019 response that Bradley Bill gave. And it makes him look so cool. And so fun. Well, Dolan looks like a big jerk bag. Mm. Which is what I just invented on my birthday. So you can't say it's dumb because it's my birthday and it's now a thing. Jerk bag. Okay. Um, speaking of basketball, I have nothing else to say about this NBA season. Uh, I might have more if the Lakers were actually a thing. One question for you. Giannis or Harden for MVP? Freak or Beard? I'd go Giannis. You go Freak? Yeah, I, mean, I think what, what Harden's doing is is awesome. Like He's uh, carried for, the team. He really has. And... Uh, but you've got a 60-win Bucks team. I mean, and Chris Middleton is an all-star, sure, but like... What else? Yeah, I mean, they've got a good young coach, and they've got... Or is he even young? I don't know. they got a good coach, and they got Giannis, and they got this guy named Chris Middleton who spells his name Chris with an H somehow. And uh, K-H. K-H? I think so. Come on, dude. And... By dude, I mean parents. 
He had no control over that, probably. It's, like, it's my God-given name, guys. He's going to listen to this and be really sad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, I, 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 give, I give it to Jonas, but I, uh, I don't think you could be upset if, if uh, Harden wins it. You know, what, what happens in, in the NBA is that What's the new? writers are... Yeah, they're... Westbrook won two years ago because he set the record for most triple levels. Mm-hmm. He did it again the next year, and he didn't win. Right. Well, it's, it's the LeBron factor too, right? Where like LeBron was clearly the best player in the NBA yeah. for a stretch of like seven, eight years, but they couldn't give LeBron the MVP every year. At least they felt well, like they couldn't. And, and before it was the LeBron factor, it was the Jordan factor. Right. And the only player really who has so like really noticeably more MVPs than his peers is Barry Bonds. In fact, he has more MVP awards than any other, like he has more MVP awards than the second and third place people in that list combined. In his era. No, no, oh, ever. 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 Oh. So he has more MVP awards than any other two baseball players combined. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, come on, people. Well, his head wouldn't fit inside the doors. Um, all right, so NBA. I had some joke about a bust and being too whatever. Like, yeah, anyway. Uh, cool season, whatever. I'm excited for the playoffs. Cool season, whatever. <laughs> I'm more excited for the off season because that's where the Lakers excel. Um, and Except for this year, see <laughs> Michael well, Beasley. Well, well, well. Experiments. It was a time for experimentation that went poorly. Um, something fun happened in the NBA this week. There's always some drama. Uh, one of my favorite things, Worldwide Wob on Twitter, uh, Rob Perez. One of my favorite things is when he uh, he dresses up Adam Silver on his uh, on his avatar as uh, Pennywise, but he calls it Pettywise because he loves it when petty stuff happens in the NBA. That's good. Um, so Popovich was thrown out of a game, which isn't you know it's not like a rare thing. Pop happens. Uh, okay. I should have said bitch happens. Oh jeez. Uh, but it, what's rare is that he got thrown out sixty three seconds into the game. Ooh. So he thought Lamarcus Aldridge was. Was fouled on a turnaway, a turnaround jumper, and he let the ref hear it, and then he kept going and got thrown out of the game. And I love he 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 barged into Mike Malone's press conference after the game. Mike Malone is the head coach of the other team, and it was good natured. I mean, they're laughing. We'll, we'll play the clip. Is Malone part of the Popovich coaching tree? I don't know if he's part of the tree, but they seem very friendly. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, it got me thinking. Like, what are the best or funniest NBA ejections of all time. So I put together uh, a list of top 10. I'm going to I'm going to put this in the top 10 so I have nine other ones, but listen listen to Pops and Malone's post-game uh, discussion. Okay, this is very high tech. Anthony's going to hold his iPad up to the microphone. Go. Back from him, that's what we need from him every single night. This is Malone. Can I help? Excuse me. Excuse me. Can I help my team? Good to see you, buddy. How you doing? Good job. We were just talking about now, what, the NBA record what BS that tonight. What was the record? What happened? Uh, somebody got thrown out in 63 seconds. Are you serious? <laughs> that, that person must have, I mean, he must have hit somebody. <laughs> huh? Did uh, somebody get hit tonight? No, I don't or think did so. did somebody get cursed at or anything? Uh, it's part of the game in my book. Wow. Okay. Anything else, guys? Hell of a record. <laughs> anything for me? I got to go. Continue with Mikey. All right. Good, Good job, Mikey. You. Appreciate it, Coach. All right, that's one of a kind right there. I don't know what to say after that. All right. And, but you know what? It was kind of funny because it wasn't like... I, and again, I was... You know, we weren't there. We didn't hear what he said. But uh, from what from this clip, it sounds like he wasn't cursing or he wasn't violent, right? And so it seems like an awfully short leash to have with one of the greatest uh, coaches of all time. Poor Dave Malone. Mike. You, Mike Malone. Dave, Mike, whatever. His you, younger brother, Dave. Right. <laughs> Poor Mike Malone. You win a basketball game and you lose the PR battle. <laughs> That's right. I know. Your Nuggets are have the second best record in the West. And like no one, they don't even know your name. They think your name's David Malone. I got David on the brain. Must be my birthday. All right. So here are some of the other best ejections in NBA history. We got time for this? I have to go through think, it? Yeah. Okay. I'm here uh, for this list. I'm going to go. That was. Let's see. That was number 10. I'm going to go number nine. Trace McGrady. Kicking balls. All right. Now, this isn't a dream on green situation. <laughs> no. Basketballs. Uh, so, <laughs> McGrady, uh, there was a game where he, he, there was a ball on the floor. He got, you know, 
there was some call he didn't agree with. He ran over the ball and kicked it into the stands. Like a champ, by the way. Yeah, he kicked it really far. Uh, and then a ball, so he got teed up for that. He didn't get thrown out. He got teed up, though. And uh, another ball made its way to him somehow. No, that same ball. The same that ball, ball got threw thrown it. down. Yeah, because so, you yeah, can't they, take the ball home like you can in baseball. Yeah, so they threw the ball back. He caught it. And then he place kicked the first one. And this one, he punted. He punted it back into the stands. So he got his second tee and got thrown out. All right, uh, number eight, uh, Mo Pete love tap on, on Vince Carter. So this was this was actually like some good natured fun. Vince Carter walked over when he was on the Nets, walked over to Mo Pete who was on the Raptors, and just did like a little backhand to the cheek type, or maybe it was whatever. It was a, it was a slap on the cheek, but it was like lighthearted and fun. Yeah, and Mo Pete like laughing. Gives him a little tap on the cheek as well. And the ref sees that. It's uh, Jabby. You know that, J- that ref Jabby? I remember Jabby. Yeah. He, see- he sees Mo Pete reach over and, and kind of smack Vince Carter on the cheek. It wasn't hard at all, but he immediately tees him up and ejects him from the game. And, <laughs> and Mo Pete was livid, right? Because yeah. it was just some fun between two friends. It's like, you're going to throw me out? I'm going to earn it. Yeah. <laughs> right? All right. Uh, number seven. Uh, this was uh, Dennis Rodman. You'd think he'd feature on this list prominently. I've only got one of his ejections, though. And this one was f- funny because he was um, he was on offense. And they, the other team, I forget who they were, the Mavs were playing, but they were stacking the paint, right? And he kept t- pointing at the ref like, illegal defense, illegal defense, right? Because mm-hmm. they weren't moving from the paint. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they ended up turning over the ball or whatever. And he goes and proceeds to sit in the key. On, on his defensive side? No. On offensive side? Yeah, yeah. He just sits down at the key and, like, points down at the ground and is talking to the ref and saying, you know, they were here. They were yeah. right here. How could you not see them? And he proceeds to get thrown out of the game. boy Worm. Yeah. Um, Amir Johnson. Have you seen this one? I have. Okay. So, Amir Johnson. So, there's this weird routine, this habit that some players have after a free throw that when... Even if you're not the one taking the shot, some players like to grab the ball and like rub it, massage it, do something with it before they give it back to the ref. Amir Johnson is one of those players, and he tried to grab the ball after a missed free throw, but the ref caught it first. And so he went to take the ball out of the ref's hand, and the ref pulled back, and all of a sudden they're playing a little tug-of-war with the ball, and Amir's trying to say, like, I just want to rub the ball, and uh, and the ref throws him out. I I don't get these, like, habits especially when you're not i get i get it when you're shooting like you like to have your routines like like steve nash always does the three dribbles he does like the hair thing the three dribbles uh lick the fingers whatever but when you're rebounding do you need to be in a habit i don't know it clearly is what separates you from professional athletes anthony (laughs) that's number five number five grant hill regimen you want to take this one you've seen this one right this one made me happy so hard foul you tell it. You tell it. No, you tell okay, it. You okay. tell it. No, you tell it. You All right. This is, a, this is a preseason game, okay? Just that's to tell what, you that's this, what takes the cake. The stakes of this game are nothing, right? So Grant Hill's fouled by Reggie Evans. He falls to the ground. As he's getting up, he gives a little tap on the backside to, to Reggie Evans, okay? And this is a common sports thing where you tap a guy on the butt, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it became a thing, yeah. but it's a thing. And uh, Reggie Evans, right, playfully, but a little bit more firmly, Pat's Grant Hill back. That was a full-on slap. It was. It was. It was firm. I wouldn't be surprised if there was an imprint. I think "firm butt slap" <laughs> should be a regular <laughs> phrase on our show. And so Grant Hill, not satisfied with his first butt slap, no. Now the recipient of a firm butt slap. That's right. Uh, turns around mm-hmm. and gives gives Reggie Evans the what for. Mm-hmm. Gives him another butt slap. Uh, much harder this time than his original. So hard butt slap is stronger than firm butt slap, which I'm now going to work into every show from now until December. Gives him a stiff butt slap. Ooh, that's a good one too. And uh, so the ref kind of like, what's going on here? It checks both of them in a preseason game. Awesome. All right, Rashid Wallace in his first of two appearances on the list. She... Uh, <laughs> so he had... Earlier in this game, this is when he was with the Knicks. Early in this game, he had he had been talking to the refs from the bench and got teed up. You see this a lot with Rashid. He'll he just doesn't know when to quit talking, and so jabbing at the refs from the bench gets a technical. Later in the game, uh, there was a foul called that he disagreed with, and um, <laughs> and during the free throw, uh, I think Goran Dragic was from the Suns was taking the free throw. Missed the free throw. 
and Rashid yells, ball don't lie, right? But yells it really loud and looks over at the ref. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, th- I'm, I'm confusing two of them. Well, I just mixed them up. All right. I don't know what to do, David. And the just first, finish and, your ball don't lie story. And, and, finish your ball don't lie. Yeah, okay, I'll finish the ball don't lie. Uh, so, Problem solver. Whew. Okay, so so after yelling ball don't lie. That reminded me, remember when Bugs Life, when the leaf falls in the line and it lands and the bug goes, I'm lost! And everyone freaks out. I feel like that was that. And I was like, we're going to go around the leaf. Look at me in the eyes. Come around. We're just going to finish the ball don't lie story. And we're back. Yes. Here's the line. So, you're on, so okay. The ball don't lost lie story, how it happened was there was a technical on Rashid. Goran Dragic went to take a free throw, missed a free throw. Rashid said, bottle lie. And then he got teed up again. And with your second technical, you're ejected. He was ejected from the game. All right, the other the other Rashid story. All right, this was, this was earlier in the game. He was talking to the rest from the bench. He got teed up for that. Later in the game, the same ref who teed him up, he kept eyeballing him, right? And like after every call, he would just like stare down this ref. And the ref warned him twice, stop staring at me, okay? And so when Rashid did it one more time, the ref tees him up. He does the T signal, but while he's doing the T signal, he says whack. Like the ref <laughs> says whack. Like that's the that's the sound effect I want my hands to be making. Whack. <laughs> he says whack, and he throws him out of the game. And, uh, and Steve Smith tries to cover him. Like he didn't say anything. He didn't say this is what uh, they, they were on the Trailblazers at the time. So he's like, he didn't say anything. He's like, I told him twice, don't stare at me. It's so funny. Google this clip and. Uh, I could imagine if I'm, you know, a sub six foot referee and I have a seven footer like staring at me menacingly, trying to intimidate me to not blow my whistle. Like I could see how I would want to throw that person out of the game. Yeah. What's weird about these situations is it's always like a player who cannot touch a referee for any reason at all or else they'll get seriously fined and maybe suspended for a long time. And then you have the referee who, I mean, the only thing he can do is tee people up. It's like, oh, look at the power I have in this situation. I like the lowercase t sometimes. The lowercase t is always fun. No, Ed Malloy. That's a good one for Ed Malloy. Shaq. All right, this is one number. We're going to move this down to number two since I did my two Rashid Wallaces. So number two, Shaq was once ejected for just dunking too hard uh, on Andre Kirilenko, AK-47. So Shaq grabs a rebound, goes up for the dunk, and on his follow-through, his hand comes down on Kirilenko, which is like a Mike Tyson knockout punch. And the ref just, threw, just teed him up and threw him out of the game, thinking it was deliberate. And if you watch the video, like, maybe there's some deliberateness in the follow-through. But even the jazz announcers, like, I watched the clip from the jazz feed, and they were like, eh, that probably shouldn't have been a tech. Like, they probably shouldn't have thrown it out for that. Shaq was the recipient of many bad calls just because he was so big. All right, and the final one, Tim J- Duncan was once ejected for simply laughing. Have you seen this clip? I have. What's more amazing is that Tim Duncan was laughing. That's right. So Tim Duncan had a, I think he maybe had a technical earlier in the game. There was some some reason he had a technical already. And there was, he was on the bench and one of his players was called for a foul after, it was called for a block. He was standing, I mean, like near the free throw line, arm straight up. He didn't move. But Joey Crawford, hothead Joey Crawford, uh, the NBA ref, called a foul and Tim Duncan just started laughing. Wasn't like making eye contact with Joey Crawford. Wasn't saying anything. Just started laughing at the call. And so Crawford teed him up. And because it was the second technical, he got thrown out of the game. Yep. And David Stern was asked afterwards, like, what the interpretation of that was. Like, what's the league's stance on that? And he's like, I don't know. And Joey Crawford was suspended for the rest of the season. Mm. Uh, so clearly, Tim Duncan should not have been thrown out of that game. And also, like, I feel like that was our one chance to get emotion like maybe that was like the floodgates had finally opened tim duncan was like you know what it's time for me to be a real boy and i'm gonna laugh and pinocchio reference and he was teed up disciplined right when he started to display some human emotion and he turned back into uh robot tim uh, for the rest of his career now that he's retired though have you seen him like telling jokes and stuff and with his weird hair don't believe you (laughs) There's video evidence out there. So the NBA has a lot of great ejections. It can't hold a candle, though, to the to Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball. If you ever want to see some really oh, fun man. ejections, look up baseball ejections. One of my favorite things that I've seen about baseball ejections is they actually had an umpire. I think it was a third base umpire, first base umpire, mic'd up. 
and he got in the middle of a coach coming out to argue with an umpire and the language is not good. So when you look at this, like, just know that I'm not saying, hey, kids, go listen to this. But what I mean is, like, you get the full, like, unedited, what goes on in these yelling matches that these coaches have. It's nothing super, like, it's not like any of these are going to win a debate club, <laughs> debate or anything, right? But it was just fascinating to watch because it's, like, heat of the moment, it's intense, and it was, like, legitimately scary to be watching. But this umpire just stepped right in, and the abuse he was taking on behalf of... The home plate umpire, I was like, man, good for you. Man, like, what a hero. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the show this week. We'll see uh, who w- wins the national championship. Yeah. That was we exhausting. Like, I feel like we usually do, uh, we're talking about playoffs? Yeah. I feel like we normally, we usually have breaks in the show where I can, like, maybe go pee-pee, where I can, like, take a drink of something. I am tired. Oh. You, um, well, it is your birthday. It is. So, if you... Um, you know, want we can just end the show now, and you can go take care of all that stuff, and sounds good. Go see your family, and that sounds get good. Some presents, yeah. I, I w- eat some enchiladas. I, I, I want a present. I want a present. Okay. You can give me a present. All right. I want a present. Did you give me a present? Happy birthday! Did I get a present? Man. I want a present. I want a present. Give me a present. All I right. want a present. Thanks for tuning in, I want everyone. The present, guys, give me a present. See you next week. I want a present. Did you guys, did you say give present. I want a present. Where's my present? You say you can. This has been the Subjectively Correct Sports Podcast with David Henderson and Anthony Montague. Tune in weekly for sports talk and other stuff.